This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. An Odyssey station. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. This is Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Class. Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate with Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Dan Katsaris. How are you, Dan? I'm doing great, Mark. Just great. I am all right. I'm doing fine. So we are excited to be talking to you every Saturday at 1 o'clock here on WPHT Talk Radio 1210. We are the only real estate show in that market. In fact, we're the only real estate show in the whole Philly market. (laughs) So, uh, And the media is not talking about real estate, but we are. So if you want to give us a call, give me a call. I'm at 267-266-5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609-605-7153. And we're here every week to keep you informed on what's happening because the media does not talk about good news. These Louise, all they do is negative, negative, negative. Doom and you can listen and to gloom. this. I'm telling you, it's brutal even to watch. You can listen to this show and past shows at our website, goodnewsandrealestate.com, and also at WPHT's website. So what's coming up today? Summon up. Summing up. How's that? Summing up? I'm thinking of summer. Summing it up. Summing it up. Coming up on today's show, we have the market report. Yes. We also have our business tips with asking Dr. A. Yep. We have Mark's funny story to put a smile on everyone's face. Got one for you. And we also have our mortgage mom topic. Which is what? Tackling the three top misconceptions of home loans, part two. That's right. We did some of this last week. We did. Very good topic. And Mark, we have our questions. Um, Number one, is there an issue with anyone under 21 purchasing a home? That's a good question. The next question, anyone here know of of a written easement agreement? It's standard. The next question, is it possible to borrow up to 70% unlimited cash out of the value of your investment property? With no proof of personal income. Okay. Yeah, Louie. Yeah, big Louie will tell it to you. (laughs) (laughs) Ready to buy a home. Now what? The next question is, considering the title of the show, I would like to know as a mortgage banker, what seems to be the biggest obstacle for you as a realtor when it comes to home buyers? Yeah, somebody emailed me that one. Oh. That's a good question. And Mark, 
We also have our topic of the day, why owning a home is the best hedge against inflation. Yes. Is that going to be a rant? No. Okay. But first, give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is, it's only possible to live happily every, ever, after. Wait, let me start that one over. It's only possible to live happily ever after on a day-to-day basis. So it's it's day-to-day. You know, we always talk about the other quote, you know, what we stressed about a year ago. And we can never remember. But, you know, it's the same kind of thinking. You know, it's day-to-day. you look back one day and you realize how great things actually were. Do you know why? But I want to. I want to thank the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. I was at their golf tournament yesterday, and oh, it was great. a really nice, really nice event. Next year, I got to remember to get you in there because you golf and get holes in one. <laughs> and uh, Green Tree should have a foursome in that thing. We would love to. Yeah, I, I just it slipped by me this time. So, so where are we at? So we are up to the market report. Very good. And there is the bell. So talk to almost anyone in America about the surging home prices, and you'll come around to a trillion-dollar question. Are we in a housing bubble? I mean, there's so many doom and gloomers out there already. It's ridiculous. According to the National Association of Realtors, it's a group I'm starting to dislike more and more, (laughs) (laughs) home price appreciation slowed in the third quarter of 21 compared to a previous quarter, rising 16% year over year compared to 20.9% in the prior quarter. But this double-digit price increase is still strong considering annual home price growths over the long-time averages are usually around 3 to 5%, 3.5% rather. Home prices rose in 99% of 183 of the markets, NAR tracks, and 78% of them sold double-digit spikes in appreciation. In other words, it's just another day in a super hot housing market. And it is. It's 100%. still a great time to buy. The rates are still around five. You know, average rates eight to ten historically. Our fearless leader here could get us back in the Jimmy Carter days oh, where we God. were at 18, uh, locking it at 18%. I'm locked <laughs> in. Yeah. But anyway. That's crazy. The most economic forecasts, uh, they say we're going to be in this strong seller's market for a while, but they're bullish on real estate. They think it's the one thing that is leading the economy. This inflation is not helping, though, with the builders. In the long run, you know, this party won't go on forever, but it's absolutely going to go on for the next five to 10 years. Millennials are driving the market, and even the Gen X and baby boomers are looking for places to live. So that's all healthy demand. You know, there, there's a lot of movement going on. And, you know, all the doomers, oh, I see all these realtors whining and crying about like, oh, I'm having a hard time finding that. You know what? Pick up the damn phone. Jeez, Louise. Send me a, <laughs> send me another, uh, another uh, $2 postcard with postage on it that I throw right in the trash can. You know, call me up. Wow. According to Noir, single family home construction has lagged dramatically. We're facing a 5.5 million home shortage. 5.5 million. We used to talk about this over the last 13 years. They used to build like um, over a million houses a year. Now there are 5.5 million behind. And you got the 18%. Well, now they're saying inflation's at 8 
point seven. It's probably a ten at Philly. That's but you like, know it's going to come out. It's ugh, go ahead. I'm sorry. It, it's a it's a terrible it's a terrible situation we're in, and it could be it could have been solved very easily. And some of the moves that this administration is making is just stupid. I just don't understand it. Like from day one. But anyway, investment bankers are optimistic about the housing market, even as prices are challenging affordability and the home buyers are struggling a little bit. But, you know, 65% of the respondents said are starting out and getting nervous about this might not be the best time to buy. But it still is the best time to buy. Recent nobody knows Goldman- right now. I mean, seriously, Mark, nobody knows right now. Like the crystal ball is broken. Crystal ball is well, broken. Nobody, first of all, they don't even talk about real estate. It don't even come up. And now this abortion issue, which is they're making it into a giant issue that it shouldn't be. It's not. It's going away. They just want the states to control it. Yeah. it's Keep it's- the federal government out of whatever you can keep them out of. They're like NAR wants to raise their uh, dues. Like in the middle of all the inflation, our our glorious mayor, Kenny in Philly, wants to do a backdoor reassessment. That's all that is, is that backdoor mm-hmm. tax. And, you know, and these council people, where are they at? They should be screaming. I, I read an article this morning. There's gone some houses that their taxes could go up 50%. Wow. 50%. I don't know. These politicians, man, I don't trust none of them. Washington needs to be like leveled and started over. <laughs> Agreed. And I think you should be on the front step helping them. I'm telling you, I'm on a rant. I'm on a rant. I, did, I called it. Did I not call while it? Huge, while the huge increases in home prices over the last year has reduced affordability, housing remains affordable relative historic standards. You know, you got to be able to look back. You need to see the big picture because the rates are still low. And house, household incomes have remained largely intact. And a ton of people have a ton of equity. It's not all doom and gloom. It is not. So just got to keep government out of it. All right. So tell us about the rates <laughs> before I flip out. Uh, so, Mark, your rates, you're looking at a 30-year fixed at 5.5%. You're looking at a 15-year fixed. At 4.75%. Your FHA loan is at 5.125%. Jumbo rates, arm rates are, you know, all still good, but you can always buy down the rate, right? So if you're going to wait to purchase, it's just going to cost you more money. If somebody's at a rate right now, five and a half percent, you can pay 1% of whatever the loan amount is to lower that rate. There's so there's options. You can do. Yeah, there's options. The market, it's still a great real estate market. It's just the lack of inventory. And That's the lack the of issue. knowledge. It's the lack of information. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. We're the only ones that are talking about it. Correct. All right. With all that being said, <laughs> you're listening to Good News Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210. All positive. All the time. We'll be right back. Love it. <laughs> On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. All 
right. Welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So where are we at? Deanne. So, Mark, we are up to your funny story. So finally, the weather. Sun came out. It's not 30 degrees. Jeez, <laughs> Louise. I, I I went up my place lake, up the lake, I think March 1st. And I haven't been back since because it's been like 30 degrees every night, raining all weekend. Sounds like a blast. Uh, yeah, a friend of mine said they cut my grass from me. I was like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, since the weather's getting no- uh, warmer, you know, they got these hikers. They put out a grizzly bear notice. In the light of the rising frequencies of humans and grizzly bear conflicts, the Department of Fishing and Game is advising hunters and fishermen to take extra precautions and keep alert for bears when they're out in the field. And here's what they advise. They advise that outdoorsmen and outdoors women, I guess, wear noisy little bells <laughs> on their clothing so as not to startle the bear that they aren't expecting, you know. So they also advise that the outdoors people carry pepper spray with them in case they encounter with a bear. It's also a good idea to watch out for fresh signs of bear activity. Outdoors people should recognize the difference between a black bear and a grizzly bear dropping because black bear droppings are smaller and can contain lots of berries and squirrels and fur. And grizzly bear droppings have little bells in them and smell like pepper spray. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So beware out there. (laughs) If you have a funny story you'd like to hear, send it to 8029 at comcast.net. Or give us a call at 267-266-5501. So now it is time for the Mortgage Mom segment with the end, Kat Saris from Green Tree Mortgage. And she is part two of tackling the three top misconceptions of a home loan. That is correct, Mark. And it's a very good topic. It's very informative. And... One of the other, this is the third misconception, which is just... What were the first two to remind the audience? Thank you. That's a great idea. The first misconception was renting is cheaper than buying. That was the first one. And then the second one is you'll need a large down payment to purchase your home. Now, if somebody just turned on our show, I need to preface that that was just the topic. You do not need a large down payment. No. You can actually get into your new home with as little as 3% down. All right. So these are misconceptions that we're going over. The next one is you need perfect credit to buy a home. So, I mean, it is true that the better credit you have, the more likely you are to get a better interest rate. Um, but you don't need excellent credit no, you to buy need a 620, home. That's it. Minimum of 620, and that's for your FHA loan. You know, ultimately, the lender wants to know how likely you are to repay your loan. And that's the whole premise of actually getting the loan. You know, the underwriter, the clients will say, well, why do you keep asking me for all this stuff? (laughs) Well, because you don't have a good track record of paying the bills that you currently have on time. So there's things that they need to make sure that's going to happen. So- Credit scores are based on five factors, your payment history, your loan and your credit amounts that are owed, the length of the credit history, new credit, and also a mix of credit. So 
The credit scores range between 300 and 850. And the minimum credit score, you know, is based on the type of loan. But generally for an FHA loan, most companies are asking for at least a 620. Right. So a survey in 2017 showed that that applying for a loan, only about one in five Americans had a credit lower than 600. And that's good news for the average. Yeah, most of the countries, most of the country is over 620. I would beg to differ that, but that's okay. Um, let's let's do a survey I'm now. Put that statistic up. <laughs> let's do a survey right. now. So, all right, let's give you a pro tip number one. If you don't fall between the credit score minimums, you still have an option to use a co-borrower. This means to use someone with a high credit score and a low debt to income ratio. A co-borrower promises to repay the loan if the borrower does not. So the banks use their high credit score when considering the loan, okay? But that's only if your non-occupying co-borrower is going to do this as an investment property. Otherwise, you do have to have at least a 620 to be able to go on, on the loan. The next one is right. tip number two. Get, get my help. I mean, if your credit isn't where it needs to be and you don't have a co-borrower, all you need to do is call. We can... We have interest in getting you approved. So we don't get paid unless your loan actually closes. So we take a look at the loan and we take a look at where your credit score is and we can determine what needs to be done in order to help you. Especially people with common names like, you know, Smith's, Johnson's, <laughs> you know, right. they're, you know, those people, they, they look at these sites and see their... And probably half of the stuff's not even them. Yeah, I, gotta, I mean, I gotta, that's I got a sure. great Joe Smith story. Oh, we'll have to tell that one. I again. know. I know your Joe Smith story. <laughs> but I mean, you know, Cumberland, I remember when there used to be white pages, there was only three Cumberlands in Philadelphia. Uh, it was me, my mom and dad, my brother and me. <laughs> <laughs> and now look. No, but generally... You know, a, a lot of the lenders, they have access to it, but they won't take the time to do it because they think, you know, it's not really going to help. But so many times, just last week, I had a woman that had a credit score, she had a credit score of a 583 and she had a whole bunch of student loans on there. She wasn't making the payments. They were deferred. She had one credit card that was fairly new. There was nothing I could do to get her credit score up except have her add an authorized user to her account. So she called her girlfriend. Her girlfriend had a credit card, a Discover card from 2016. It had a $7,000 limit, a $400 balance. Right. She called Discover, had her added to the credit card, and we're wait it'll take about, I'm going to say about two, three weeks for that authorized user account to get added to my client's trade line. Now, now nobody would know that unless they listen to our show. Right. Like, how would they know that? Right. Now, keep in mind, my client's not getting that Discover card and is going to go out shopping. She huh. just gets that trade line. A trade line. And that's it. So her friend was absolutely willing to do it because there's no downside. You know what? I'm, we're looking to get my mom... Um, you know, a home in Florida, like something really, really small, but 
She doesn't have any credit. So I added her to my credit cards. She doesn't have any credit. Your mom. She doesn't. Jeez, yeah, she please. doesn't have any credit. I mean, she used to, but her car's paid off. She doesn't have any credit. So No credit's I, worse than bad credit. Agreed. So she had no score. So I added her to my credit cards, and then we got her her actual credit score. Now she's got like a 740 credit score. I'm going to get her on a case next time I talk to her. <laughs> I tell she the students. I, I tell the students all the time. I said, because I took they don't know anything about credit, and I say, listen, I have a bunch of friends that they pay everything cash, and they and they brag, they pump their chest out. I paid cash for everything. Yeah, I'm like that's worse than bad credit. At least bad credit, you got in the game, you got up to the plate, you struck out a couple of times. No credit is the coach tried to put you in. And you said, nah, never mind. I don't want to play. <laughs> I mean, take I a couple, I, take a couple swings. Get in the game. Yeah, but you can't give her a hard time. My mom's 81 years old, God bless her. And she doesn't need any credit. Like, where what's she doing? Except going shopping when she's she was just laughing at me then, anyway. <laughs> and then she's gonna tap out the credit cards. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell her, go run that card up, man. <laughs> she does not have it. That that has been shredded. <laughs> but anyway, if you have misconceptions on the home buying process, don't listen to Uncle Harry. Either go no. to my website, mortgagemom.net, or give me a call at 609-605-7153. And don't pay cash for everything. Get a couple cards, have a line of credit, get in a game. Right. One day you might have to borrow money and they're going to say, well, Sorry. <laughs> you know, and and Mark, you know what? We talked a little bit last week about the Philly fo first home program. So, I mean, a lot of people are taking advantage of it right now, and it is a ten thousand dollar grant, um, up to or up to six percent of the home's purchase price, whichever's lower. And it's basically there to assist your first time home buyers um, to help reduce what has to be laid out. So. It is good for either a single family residence or a duplex located in Philadelphia. Um, yeah. You need to be a first time home buyer and they have to complete the home buyer, um, the home ownership counseling. And you got to be able to have to run a mile under 10 minutes. And, give a uh, DNA sample. Be able no. to paint. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. But yeah, I mean, the income government. guidelines are, listen, the, the income guidelines are awesome. I mean, for a household size of one, the maximum annual family income is $73,440. I know. It's getting a lot higher. Which is awesome. All right. Let's bang out these questions before no, we No, we got to take a break. Oh, okay. We do have to take a break. And then we'll come back and do the questions. So with that, okay. you're, that was a great topic. And I hope you took that advice. And if you think you're all proud because you have, you pay a cash, rethink that. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. We'll be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. All right, rock and roll. Welcome back to Good News and Real Estate here on 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? So, Mark, we are up to our question and answers. All right, what's the first one? The first one is, 
Is there an issue with anyone t- under 21 purchasing a home? No, there's no 18. You got to be right. I, I, you know what? I actually, we talk always been 13 years. We've been talking about going to high schools and talking with the students. We got to start doing it. But I just had Let's somebody call me that was 16 years old, wanted to get their real estate license. 16? 16, still in high school, wanted to get started. He goes, well, can I take the course? And then I when I, I said, yeah, but you won't be able to get your license to 18. I said, so wait till you're closer to 18 and then take the course. But he goes, I want to get involved now. I mean, they're the kind of people that we should be talking to. Yep. Tommy, right, Tommy so works anyway. with a guy right now that he's a senior in high school. He has his real estate license and he's already closed the deal. And he's working with his mom, who is who has been in the business for a long time. And the kid's super smart. He's been to every class I've had. Yeah, I got. I'm doing a thing right now with Philadelphia real estate classes. We're going after college students. Students. Yeah, you were saying. You know, rather yep. than wait wait tables, get a real estate license. They're awful summer, and the worst thing that happens to them is they refer it if they can't. They're too busy to do it, and they make twenty five thirty percent referral fees. Yeah. So there's no issue. Okay. Under twenty one, I mean, you could buy a house. You got to be eighteen years old. Actually, we have it in your name, but like, no. Get in early, but don't buy a house. Buy a duplex, a two by two. Oh yes, or and a then triplex. You, and then you can live for free, right? And you have the rent, and you'll probably make money out of the gate. Yeah, if you get a triplex, you can get an FHA loan, three and a half percent down. Use the other two um, rentals, seventy five percent of that income to qualify you. If you bought a in Fox Chase where I live, if you bought a two by two right now. You and rent it one of them out. You're going to get like probably eighteen hundred a month in rent. It's going to cover your mortgage and you're going to make yeah. a few bucks. Yeah, that's awesome. For for about two fifty five, two sixty five, two fifty. We can get it yeah. for two fifty. All right. What's question number two. Anyone here know if a written easement agreement is standard? It's not standard. It's not standard. No, I have an easement on my property. I have the uh, in the convent. Actually, got to go in the back, my neighbor's backyard to get into this little room that I haven't been in for probably 10 years. <laughs> I think there <laughs> might be a lawnmower in there and a couple of things, but it's an easement. But it was in the agreement of sale. Then my neighbor's not too actually happy about that, but that's life in a big city. Right. <laughs> but usually, if there is an easement, like uh, our friend uh, I sold a house to up near me. He has an easement uh, for them to get back to some houses behind them. But usually, sometimes they're not in the agreement of sale. But if they use it for 21 years, it's theirs. So what's the next one? All right. The next question is, is it possible to borrow up to 70% unlimited cash out? Actually, Actually, you know what? I heard Pennsylvania wants to change that to 10 years. Change what? The the easement? Uh, what do you, yeah, no. Uh, what do you, when you, I'm blanking for the term. When you, Abatement? When you squat in a property. No, oh. you squat in a property, live in it for, uh, and then you own it. Anyway. Squatter's rights? Sorry to interrupt. No worries. No, it's not squatter's rights. It's a real estate term that I should know since I own real estate school and I'm blanking. <laughs> <laughs> So what was the question? Tell me the question again. The question is, the question is, is it possible to borrow up to 70% of the value 
of your investment property with no proof of personal income. Well, if you have other rental properties and that, that is your income. So if you show all this rental income coming out and you qualify for that, sure. Why not? That is your income. Rental rolls. Yep. You just have to do two years of tax returns. Tax returns, your rent rolls, your profit and loss statements. If the numbers make sense, you can do the deal. Right. All right. What's the next one? Question number four, ready to buy a home. Now what? You know, we talk about this all the time and this must be a new listener. You know, you have a plan. If you're not sure what to do, contact the end, reach out to a mortgage person first and find out what your credit score is, where you stand. She'll have a whole plan for you. Get pre-approved. See if you have any nicks in your credit, things you can fix. I guarantee you out of the 48% of renters in Philadelphia, probably a third of them could buy if they would only talk to somebody like Deanne, get a plan, and even if they had some damage on their credit, or to, and her name was Joe Smith, and it was like 100 right. things on a credit report, right. six months from now, they would buy. And then then you're all ready. Then you hire a good real estate agent that is good, helps you find a house, you win. And, and that's the first big step to all real estate. Buy that first property. Buy the first property. Have your credit reviewed. Have some savings put together. Right. You know, talk to somebody that's going to hold your hand and walk you through the process. You know, don't Google online. Don't fill out an application online because that's just, you're just going to be in the dark. You know, when you work with Team Mortgage Mom, you're going to have a system. There's going to be people there that are going to help you get to the end. Yeah. And why do you want to rent? You're paying a mortgage anyway. Why not not pay your own, you know? All right. What's the next one? The title of this site which is good news in real estate. I would like to know as a mortgage banker, what is the biggest obstacle for you as a realtor when it comes to a home buyer? A little bit of what we just talked about. Some of them not being realistic, looking at Zillow, Trulio, realtor.com, thinking in their head what they think they could afford compared to what they can afford. In my experience, in all my years in real estate, most of the time, what they think they can afford is usually lower. Is usually lower than what they can actually buy. And, and yeah, and Mark, you know, I know they're not asking me, but they're saying as a realtor. But I'm going to put my two cents in because you know it's just lack of knowledge. That's the biggest obstacle when it comes to a home buyer is lack of knowledge. That's why 48 percent of Philly rents because they right. don't know. You. you, you it's, you know, not everybody, like I, I tell new realtors, what they're always nervous about new real estate agents are, uh, what if somebody asked me how long I've been in your business? I said, I'll tell you what the answer to that question is. The answer to that question is, I don't know everything about real estate, but I'm at a good company. I got a mentor and my job is not to have, to have, to know everything about real estate because nobody knows everything about real estate. My job is to get you the correct answer. I still tell my clients that. They ask me some big commercial deal. I tell them, listen, I don't know everything about everything, but I will get you the correct answer. That's my job. I don't know if that answered that question or not. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, you know, agents, the biggest obstacle is dealing with agents that don't know what they're doing, didn't get the right training. That's why, like, in my real estate school, I I, I give them a, a coaching session called Zero to 20 Million in Production. So they saw it at least once, what a business could look like. So, all right. Right. So with that. I am in a rainy mood today. I'm telling you. I called you from the beginning. I know. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate. What's coming up next? Coming up next is going to be our topic of the day. Why owning a home is the best hedge against inflation. All right. right, So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. All positive, all the time. We'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 W. PhD, all positive all the time. So where are we at? So Mark, we are up to the topic of the day, and it's why owning a home is the best hedge against inflation. Yeah. And why is why is it the best hedge? Because on Thursday, Bureau of Labor and Statistics report the same trend that all Americans have seen lately. The inflation rate growth is rampant. Now they're saying that it's like 8.7%, but I guarantee in Philly it's over 10. And it doesn't show any signs of easing up due to the, and they're, they're still trying to sell this story due to the Russian invasion. It's all this was happening before that even started. I know. Relax. Keep So breathing. anyway, anyway, I, so I got to stay on point here. So U.S. inflation rate, they said is 8.6 or something compared to what seven something a month ago, a year, uh, 15 months ago, it was 2.6. That's how much damage this guy's done. So as you can see, after the COVID recovery, there, the economy was booming. It was running hot. The labor market was getting hotter, and it's still hot. 11.2 million open jobs, and, and unemployment's below four, I think, now. So the, the economy is still good. Wage growth was growing big time. You never hear You know what you don't hear about no more? $15 an hour. You don't hear that no more. Right. Because everybody's trying to find people. And wages are going up big time. But shelter inflation, one of the biggest things that can shelter you from this inflation is owning a home. Because if you rent at one bedroom apartment citywide in Philadelphia, citywide is up to seventeen hundred a month. Now, if you're paying seventeen hundred a month this year, you're gonna be paying eighteen hundred a month next year because it's gonna go up. But if you're paying a mortgage, it's going to be the same. So rent inflation on a year-over-year basis has been extreme in certain cities, averaging over double digits. Now we can see that the be, uh, being a renter is problematic because rent inflation is taking off. Gas prices are up. I talked to a guy the other day, truck driver, to fill yep. his tank, $600. No he goes, way. $600. He goes, if this continues, unless I get more for carrying the items, he goes, I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting out of the business. Oh, my God. That's how bad it is. And the monthly items consumers spend money on have gone up. Like, look at the price of food and everything else. You know, even if, even if your wages go up, the inflation, you're losing money. 
Some, some, in some cases, seeing that type of rental inflation can motivate consumers to buy a home, which it should. I'm talking to the 48% of renters in Philly. You know, a home isn't a cheap option, but in the long run, you're going to be your your rent's not going to go up every year. So, you know, you might get a little tax increases like Crazy Kenny's, our mayor's talking about a backdoor reassessment, and that's all that is. They should be cutting taxes and cutting regulations in Philly right now. That's what they should be doing, but they're not. They can never get enough money. Anyway, so as the marginal home buyer gets hit with the higher rates and the higher home prices, at least once they buy, they're, they're locked in for 30 years, not like a renter. So right, you're going to know. So having that 30-year fixed mortgage is way better than having a rent that's going to constantly be going up and going up. Now, you probably could have rented a house in Fishtown 10 years ago for about 800 a month. Now you're paying probably 2 2 grand a month, you know? So, so great. It, it, you know, it's the cost of living and the wage growth has to match especially in this tight labor market. And this inflation, companies can no longer afford to keep raising wages constantly to make up for this inflation. So something's got to be done about this. I mean, people should be like congressmen. And, you know, and then then you got the investors buying and they're buying to make profit. So their rents are going to go up. So, you know, 1700 bucks for a one bedroom apartment. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. You know. Way back in the 70s, mortgage rates were a lot higher. So it's not apples to apples. And we're not in any crisis or no bubble coming like back then. I remember the gas lines and 18%, 20% interest rates. But, you know, my concern has always been this inventory going lower and lower. And now we're in record uncharted territory with the lack of inventory. And I blame a lot of that on these real estate agents. And the public just not knowing it's such a great time to sell. If you're ever going to cash in, this is the time. But listen, you got it. You got to understand. I mean, people want to sell like I want to sell. Okay. Where am I going to go? Where am I going? You you know what? You got to get over that because more houses were sold in 20 than 19. More houses will be sold in 22 than were sold in 21. So somebody's running a house. I don't disagree. You know, it's just—it's just going to be a little harder, but you're going to get one. All right, we'll move in with you. Or you could pitch a tent out in Malibu, and <laughs> or in the highest priced real estate in the world, and uh, and they'll take care of you. All right, all right. No I more. Rants. I could have talked about no that one rants. for another fifteen. Minutes. I know you're done. All right. All right. So we are up to our segment with asking Doctor A, and the topic today is rules to flourish. As a hybrid work team. Hey, Dr. Abelson, how are you? So, welcome, Dr. A. I'm doing fine. How are the two of you? We're good. Fabulous. All right. So, this is going to be a new topic and a new series for a few weeks. It will be. All right. So, you kick it off. So, tell me the rules. All right. Well, let's talk about what a hybrid work team is. It's a team that uh, operates, but nobody's in the same place, or people are in different places. Uh, and sometimes they can be together, but typically they're not. And as we saw with COVID, that's what was going on. And a lot of organizations now are doing it because it's economical. And there are actually data that demonstrates that in some cases, it's more effective. Productivity goes up and satisfaction goes up. 
So let's talk about how to make it work because a lot of managers are reluctant to have a hybrid team because they can't watch their people and they can't see them. So you need to be able to deal with what the issues are. And we're going to look at seven different issues. The first one is most obvious, and that's communication. So I have a couple tips regarding that. And one of them is uh, a lot of people, it's just like the behaviorals and the, and the motives that we talked about, personality, everybody assumes are like themselves. But the reality of it is some people like to communicate in different ways. For example, some people, I'm still old-fashioned. I like to talk on the telephone. A lot of people like email anymore. It seems like most people are communicating with me via text. Uh, and the reason for that is less than a quarter of the time, less than a quarter of the emails are actually opened up and almost 90% of texts are opened up. So for some people, it's a much more effective way to communicate. But ask the person how they want to be communicated with, and that will support and promote more effective communication. You also want to have at least one day where everybody comes to the office so you can actually have team meetings where people can see each other. Yep. There's all these aspects regarding Zoom and WebEx and all the other different technologies you can use right now, Teams, uh, but there's nothing like being a person because there's nothing like actually seeing all the nonverbal cues. You know, how many times has somebody stood up and you see they're wearing shorts when they're wearing a, a, a tie and jacket and they're wearing shorts? <laughs> you know, it's the same thing when when you're when you're working uh, via hybrid or via internet. You don't see everything. You don't see all the emotionality that you see when you're interacting with them face to face. So have at least no, one. It's day. a lot better. I'm I'm having a teachers meeting with all my teachers at a restaurant because we've been doing everything Zoom and now, you know, we need and I got new people that they haven't even seen. They talk with <laughs> right. them, emailing, texting, yep. but they have not actually physically seen one. Well that's a great idea to do it at a restaurant because it's a nice way to socialize. People have to eat anyhow. Uh, and the, the issue there is just to make sure you get a private room so you're not disturbing you know, all that background noise that, that, that's going on and you, you can actually give feedback. Right. Another thing is right. if, if you are using Zoom or some technology like that, make it a requirement that the camera stays on. A lot of times people yeah. don't keep the camera on, so they're, they're doing other stuff. You don't know what's going on. You don't even know if they're still in the room. Okay, because I, I know right. sometimes where I've gotten off other people's meetings or I've stayed on, you know, long because I want to talk to the person who's facilitating the meeting. And there's two or, other, two or three other people that are still there with us, even though they're not there. Okay, so they've left early. So you need to make sure people keep their cameras on so, so you know that they're there, number one, because people do learn through osmosis. And number two, you can actually see some of their nonverbals. I like in my real estate school, I'd have we're college approved, the rural approved. I have live streaming classes and it's a requirement that your cameras is on. Absolutely. Sometimes women don't like that because they don't feel like they look well enough or they, their makeup isn't on just right. It doesn't, I would rather see them unmakeup and relaxed. Anyhow, if you want to contact us, what you have to do is get us at Abelson, A-B-E-L-S-O-N, at A-B-E-L-S-O-N.net, or just go to www.abelson.net. All right, very good. So we'll keep continue with that. That's great. We look forward to it next All week. Right, Dr. Thanks, Abelson. Dr. A. Thank you. Yep. All right, so if you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net, or give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at dnkatsaris at comcast.net or give me a call at 
7153. And a special thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in every week and our sponsors, especially Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, which I saw a lot of them at their golf tournament this week. They've been with us for, I think, the whole 13 years. And you can listen to this show and past shows at our website, uh, goodnewsandrealestate.com. And tune in every week and we'll keep you informed on real estate. So with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Kitsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on 1210 WPHT. All, all positive, positive, all, all the, the time. time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.